and welcome to Money Files. I'm Kina Newell from Wealth Over Now. I work every day with professional women and solopreneurs to help them get out of financial overwhelm and shame so they can experience more flexibility and ease with their finances. Are you ready to gain confidence and learn to manage your finances intentionally? Tune in and grab financial tips that will help you master the way you think about and manage your finances. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Money Files. Today, I am with my friend Jenny, Jenny the nutritionist, or also Jenny Blake. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. Thank you for agreeing to have this conversation with me. So you just want to go ahead and introduce yourself, and then I can tell you about how I had this amazing idea and why we're here. (laughs) Yes, let's do it. So I'm Jenny the nutritionist. And I coach ladies who lift weights and want to build muscle and decrease body fat. So my ladies are already consistent in the gym, working hard in the gym, but are wondering why they don't look like they're working hard in the gym. And so I have a four-month coaching program called Create Your Shape that really works them through the science and the strategy, but also the application and the lifestyle aspects of having a shape that represents the work that you're putting in. I love it. So Jenny and I met in a mastermind that we were in and I knew that Jenny like was, I feel like a macro specialist, which I've always dabbled in macros. And I feel like I was watching, this is actually one memory I have is you were coming to Cabo and I was coming to Cabo and I was like, Jenny, you need to tell me what I need to eat (laughs) when I'm going to be in Cabo. I'm just going to eat whatever you eat. That's one thing I remember saying to you. And something that you actually said to me was I'm gonna get it slightly wrong, but you basically told me that like I'm the average of what I eat. Yeah. And it's one of the thoughts that you offered me. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's so profound because it made me not think about I think about perfectionism when it comes to like fitness related or nutrition related things in my life, which like fast forward, I've followed your content and every once in a while you say something that I'm like, oh, I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna steal this from Jenny, especially because I am someone who's worked out for a long time and just thinking about like how I want to feel about my body and in my body. And then we've also had side conversations about how our work overlaps in so many ways. Like when we think about nutrition and finances. And so I'm like, Jenny, we need to like talk about this on a podcast. Cause I think I make analogies all the time with my clients and just force them to listen to my life stories. (laughs) But I think there's, there's benefits for both of our audiences and having this discussion, because I think you want to be good at finances and nutrition. I'm just going to leave it there. Yes, totally agree. And I think there's a huge overlap between finances and nutrition, fitness, and then probably could be applied to other areas of our life. But I know we're just going to talk about the crossovers between those two. But mm-hmm. I remember we were in a small breakout room together and you had like color coordinated pencils and highlighters going through and like, it was so particular, but so pretty in your like notebooks and the whole thing and everything was so clean. And I was like, who is this girl? I like her (laughs) because I do think we both share and along with our audiences, like very type A professional go-getter. For me, it's specifically ladies, but just people in general, because that's probably who we are. But at the same time, I wouldn't identify me or you as robots. We do like having a lifestyle. We do like 
I wouldn't even call them splurges, but we like to like live life. And so I feel like there's that connection as well, because we are type A, we do like to achieve things with both financially and with nutrition and fitness, but we also like to enjoy ourselves, which I think that's kind of a misconception that people get. Either think you're like all in and either don't spend a dime and you budget down to the dime or, you know, track every gram or not. Right. That's not the case. (laughs) It has to be like all or nothing. Yeah. And you said something before we started recording because we were like running down our notes and you were like, if we're talking about macros or we're talking about a budget and going through this process, it helps you identify your values. Yeah. So something that was huge with me and I feel like it may not have been of like obvious or an aha, my like financial journey as my nutrition, because obviously I just think about it and talk about it more, mm-hmm. but I definitely see the overlap where with my nutrition, I remember just kind of, I like food. I like all food and even, you know, the grocery store bakery, I'd be like, oh, that looks good today. And once I got further along the journey, it just helped me identify what I actually valued in terms of nutrition. And so one example of that is I don't enjoy and don't really value the grocery store bakery. Like I value good tasting food. So if I wanted something from like a bakery, then I would go to an actual bakery and get that and probably get that, I don't know, maybe like once a quarter versus going to the bakery grocery store once or twice a week and seeing that and eyeing that and like wanting that or then having that like mental battle in my head of like, oh, well, should I have that? Should I not have that? But now it's just like a no. Whereas I really value going out to eat with my friends. So that's going to be in my plan. The crappy, (laughs) which everyone has their own taste, but the cakes and the bakery at the grocery store, it's just a no for me now. And I can see the same thing with my... Like we were talking about my skincare routine. That's something I really value when I spend like a high dollar on this seven steps nighttime routine. And I love the way it feels. And I love the way how I feel like it's investing in my the future of my like skin. Whereas I don't value brand name things. I don't have any of the Gucci, the... And there's nothing wrong with if you do value that. It's just not for me. And so it just, again, getting clear on a budget helped me really see like, oh, I don't value this. I do value this. So I can spend money in this area. I don't want to spend money in this area. Well, I mean, one of the things I just wrote down was like the opportunity to define your life. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I've noticed as I've gotten older, like thinking about like out of my 20s is I think in in my 20s, still trying to like find myself, if you will, right? Like you kind of can go with the flow of what other people are doing. And so you may not know your own interests or like the word we've been using is values. And so there's not a lot of purpose behind what you're doing. You're like, I mean, for me, I can say like, I'm just following my friends, right? Like, Ooh, I think I'm supposed to have this bag or I'm supposed to have these clothes or even signing up for this fitness class. Right. (laughs) And so in thinking about that, I think that the tools that we both use with our clients, a budget or macros really give you an opportunity to define your life. That's such a good way to put it. Yeah, totally agree. And I feel like we should back up in case someone listening, I know what macros are. 
And I feel like everybody knows what a budget is and they're probably cringing right now because I've said budget like a hundred times. <laughs> what are macros? <laughs> I mean, it's a really good way to describe it is it's a, a budget around your nutrition. So mm-hmm. one of the biggest things I teach for my ladies is that quantity or the amount you're eating is more important than the quality of what you're eating. So once you realize that, oh, it's the amount of food, not necessarily how like clean or healthy it is, you can then lean into that to create the shape that you want to create to build muscle, to decrease body fat. And so if you take calories, which is the quantity of food, right? And you double click down, it's a spreadsheet analogy, (laughs) double click down on them they are made up of macronutrients. And so everyone's pretty much familiar with them. There are three of them. It's protein, carbs, and fats. And let's say, for example, I need 130 grams of protein per day. Well, I could get that in fish or meat or chicken, or you know, there's going to be some protein in beans. I can get all of those in throughout my day to equal that 130 grams of protein. Same with carbs, same with fats. And like I mentioned, carbs, fats, and proteins, they are what make up calories. So that's kind of the the short of it, but you can see how it's very much like a budget, right? So for your day, you essentially have a macro, your macro targets, which that's going to be your budget for the day of food. I mean, I have really enjoyed macros and the budget aspect really works for me because it's not restrictive in my opinion. Yeah. Which is also what I think about budgets in general, that they're like not restrictive because you get to make a plan for what it is that you value and being able to incorporate those things, which one of the reasons, like I was saying earlier and talking to Jenny about it as well, is like, I wanted to do this podcast episode because I feel like with the type A women that we serve, I have a lot of clients that I think are really good with their fitness. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I want to unearth that, like that area of your life that you feel really successful. Like how can you translate it over to your finances? And I think also with your women, like if you are really great at macros, which like can be a learning curve, especially when you're like, how do I read this nutrition label? Right. (laughs) But if you understand that in your world, it's like, okay, well then how do you translate that over to your finances to feel just as successful? Yeah. And I think having the skill right goes across both. So for example, I have a lot of ladies who are accountants or directors of finance and they absolutely crush it in the program and with macros, because same thing, they're viewing it as a budget, but they're viewing it as a tool that's going to help them get where they want to go versus others who may view it as a something that they feels restrictive and feels like it's controlling them and not necessarily the other way around. Then I also have people who or I'm sure you have some people and I have some people who are who found the skill in nutrition or who already have the skill in finance and now they're trying to apply it to nutrition, but they're not realizing that it's the same skill that they could apply on either one. Do you find that too? Oh, definitely. I was talking to my client who's actually not a woman, he's a man. And we were talking about how in the gym, which isn't food, but it was like still related. He was like, in the gym, like my trainer tells me about these like little tweaks, like to my form. And how they like completely shift how much weight I'm able to lift. 
Mm-hmm. And so we were like in a session and I'm like, yeah, like we're doing the same thing with your finances. And generally speaking, I feel like with my people, it's like, it's more so emotional in terms of like how we're thinking about spending money. Like we were actually talking about, he was debating whether or not he wanted to buy tickets to go see Kelly Clarkson. And he also has tickets to go see Beyonce, Janet Jackson, and Taylor Swift. Oh, wow. <laughs> Taylor Swift too. Dang. <laughs> right. Like he enjoys like these experiences. That's what he values. Yeah. That's what he values. Mm-hmm. But I guess like in, in terms of a tweak and thinking about like the Kelly Clarkson, I was like, how important is this to you? Right. And let's actually drill down to like what you're making it mean if you can or can't go. And then he's telling me about all these other times that he's seen Kelly Clarkson, how he's basically touched her hand. I'm like, it sounds like you could die really happy without going to the concert and thinking about how else you might want to use this money to fund some other goals. So like for me as a coach, I'm like, it's just tweaking how you think about your purchasing decisions. And it doesn't have to mean that like, because I can't go to this concert, it's not because you can't go. You're choosing and you're making an intentional choice and a decision about how you want to spend your money. Yes. The crossover I can see with this is I'll have my ladies just track what they're currently eating without even adding the like macro targets or aka the budget on top. Like, let's just see what you're currently doing. Then we can go and see what they actually need and like measure it against their macro targets. And it's like, oh yeah, you don't have to like completely do a 180. Like I actually don't have them I don't give them a meal plan. I don't give them specific meals. I'm like, no, I want you to eat what you're already currently eating and enjoying. And then let's take that and and then see, oh, actually you need to get in about 20 to 40 grams more protein per day. How can we just tweak things, right? To get to that. Or, all right, you actually need to get more carbs in. In this whole time throughout your day, you've been like stressing because you're like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this. I shouldn't be eating this. But actually, now that we know what you actually need, you actually need more right? And we can just tweak that. Oh, and then your fats look good. So again, I feel like it's not so much about like, oh, it's like something else I have to do or I have to change. It's just like looking into being like, oh, I'm actually just fine tuning this and I'm not that far off and kind of going in, like you said, a little deeper to it. Mm-hmm. I love that you talked about like using and leveraging what you already have. Because I know one of the things we talked about wanting to dive into is I feel like there's a negative connotation, if you will, especially with women on the word like diet, which if you are talking about macros, like someone might hear diet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I remember my mom on the Simflast culture, uh, Jane Fonda. Right? So like, I feel like a lot of my ladies are raised by those types of women. And then equally, like when we think about budgets, I feel like people are like, no, I'm not going to have a budget because it means restriction, right? And so does a diet, it means restriction. And so you may be in one of two camps where you're like, I'm not going to budget because I don't want to be restricted. And I'm not going to diet because I've done that so many times. And I'm living in this space where like, I'm restricted and that's not how I want to live. So I'm just curious, like with your clientele like how do you reframe that thought pattern for them and what we would know as like a thought error that like macros are restrictive or dieting is restrictive yeah I love this and I have two things I want to talk about so (laughs) the first one is and this is very specific to my ladies right who typically I see 99% of them aren't eating enough 
right? Because in their head, they're like, oh, I should be eating less. I should be eating less. And so that's like on average, that's what their days look like when really, if you want to build muscle and you want to set your metabolism up to decrease body fat, you have to do that first through eating enough. Mm-hmm. So 99% of the time that ladies come to me, that's the first step is to get them eating enough. And if you're looking for specifics and numbers, typically for ladies who are lifting, that's going to be 2000 calories or more per day, where typically they're eating 1200, 1400, 1500 and telling themselves like, oh, I should be eating less. I should be eating cleaner. And so that is like the first thing that I think it does the opposite, right? Where it opens up their eyes to be like, oh, actually I need more food. I actually need all of this. And it's giving me actually more food freedom because now I can have other options within this 2000 calories. And so the biggest thing I've seen actually is people are like, oh, are you sure I can eat? this much? Are you sure? I don't know. I heard carbs were bad. Are you sure I I can have carbs? And so it kind of flips that whole narrative on its head and really creates a whole new like relationship with food. And I'm not sure if you see that at all on the budget side, or if you typically see the opposite, or maybe in different like buckets, you see that they're like, oh, I really need to cut down in this area. But you look at it and you're like, actually, no, you can relax a little. Mm -hmm. I definitely do. I wanted to to comment on what you said though because I feel like if someone's listening and depending on what lens you're listening through I do want to encourage you to go like try macros because (laughs) like it's more freedom and more options Mm -hmm. and I think for myself even some of the things that I like have to constantly work on on my fitness side is like being mindful of where I'm focused on something not working instead of focused on like the ability to actually create new and better results. Okay. Explain that to me a little bit more. Because I think that, especially if you're coming from like a diet culture and not wanting to be restricted, right? You're scared to kind of jump into something that you've already done before. Mm -hmm. And so like, let's think about macros, for instance, and even like just quitting before you get started. Like for myself, even though I know macros don't have to be restricted, that would be one reason that I would quit before I get started. Cause I'm like, there's going to be something I'm not allowed to eat, which is, it's actually not logical mm-hmm. because I can plan in whatever I want. And so because I'm focused on this thing that I can't do, I'm preventing myself from actually getting to a, a space and a place to be able to do more. Yeah. Right? To like more lean, right. Or even in, get into a place where you're in maintenance and you can increase your calories. And so I just wanted to like, I think, stop and underscore that because I think that people who are listening to this, depending on what frame you're kind of listening to it with, to be like, wow, like I'm preventing myself from actually seeing the results that I desire to see because I'm scared of like failing or that hiccup that I always encounter. Yeah. Okay. So two things on that. So I actually just interviewed one of my clients, um, Stacey Tischel, and she said, beforehand, she's like, I had done macros before I had like been in courses with macros, but I never like went for it. I was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's just something that I like. Maybe I'll dabble in but like, Oh, it's annoying type of thing. And she was like, so every time, right? Again, I just dabbled, but I wasn't getting the results I wanted. Mm -hmm. And so she said, then I signed up for your program. And now there was a moment where she really wanted a meal plan. She was like, Can you just give me a meal plan that matches my macros? 
And I was like, no, you need to understand this. Like, trust me, once you understand it, it's going to open up your mind of like how much more freedom this can give you when you actually just understand food. And she said, okay. And then she went and did it. And now then she's on the podcast talking about how great it is because she has can switch things out. She can go on vacation. She can do all these things now in she's built muscle and she's decreased body fat. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that just goes to the point of like, one, you could just keep going, right? If not, you're just not going to get the results you want, right? And so if I just sat around and was like, oh, I don't want to, you know, have more money in my, or I want more money in my like invested, but I was just like, oh, but I don't want to do that, but I don't want to do that, but I don't want to do that. And I just did that for years and years and years. I would still never get the result that I wanted instead of being like, oh, okay, I'm going to try this. Oh, I'm going to learn about this. Okay, I'm going to try this again. Oh, that way at that time didn't work, but I'm going to, try it again. Like you just keep trying. If you want, I think this goes back to values. If you value the result, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's a combination of education and then values. Cause so many people just don't understand how it actually works. I'm sure you feel this way about financials too. Cause it, it, society has put both like budgeting in macros in this kind of form of like, Oh, it's restrictive. Oh, it's bad. Oh, it's like not self-care, like all of these things where I feel like it's the complete opposite, but only because of the education that I have. And I try to teach with my ladies and then I really value the result. And so I'm going to figure it out one way or another. And I think a lot of my ladies get to that point too. Yeah. It goes back to this piece of reframing the journey. And I think for whether people were working with me or working with you because of our I think our love of life or how we want to live our lives very much influences how we're supporting the people that we work with. Mm -hmm. So even like I was just listening to you talk about like, I can just keep going. And I think like, that's a beautiful thought for anyone to have. That's like trying to change their finances or trying to change the fitness, or maybe you have it about your finances, but you don't have it about your fitness, or maybe you have it within your like fitness realm, but you don't have it about your financial realm. And so how do you flip flop the two to be able to even just think about like, how do I think about my nutrition and my fitness level? Or what are the thoughts that I innately think about them that support me and continuing to keep going? And I feel like that's a fun exercise to be like, do I think the same with my finances or reverse of that of like, how do I think about my finances? And do I have those same thoughts when it comes to my like fitness and nutrition? Yeah, totally. And something that brought this up for me is I recently was working on my time management mm-hmm. and I didn't realize until it's like halfway through the program of the overlap with nutrition and time management and how I could just apply some of the same things. So for example, I teach something called a nutrition routine. So you set up your week to week schedule where a lot of it is repeatable right? Because that's how you make things on autopilot. You just make it systematic and simple for you. So that way, even if you have a bad day or an off day, like the core, you know, 60 to 80% is already set up for you to be successful. Mm-hmm. So I realized, okay, for me, I have like a meal bank where I have pretty much like 10 to 15 lunches that I just have on rotation every now and then when I have more time, I'll find a new one that I add into my meal bank for lunches and add that into the rotation, but it makes it really simple. So every week I just pull from that and that's like my lunch for the week. And again, systematic, not a lot of thinking. It makes it very simple. Mm-hmm. Then I realized with time management, and I think we've talked about Monday hour one before, 
I realized that, oh, like five to seven hours of my week, I'm doing the same thing every week. (laughs) I can just name it. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, how did I not realize this? Why before I was like, oh my gosh, I have to plan my whole week. It just seemed like impossible. And then I was like, like a third of it is already done. I can just put that reoccurring in the calendar every week. And it was just like this huge aha moment for me. And that was just recent. So it's top of mind, but I've got lots of bills every single month and they're the exact same every single month. (laughs) Well, I think there's two things that I hear is like being able to have self-awareness. I feel like going through this process can allow you to become more self-aware. And in some areas of your life, you probably are self-aware, but you don't even realize because to your point, some things are just on like autopilot. Mm -hmm. So you don't remember how you even got to where you are because you like haven't had that like that opportunity to struggle or whatever you like setting up the system, right? Yeah. Okay, so being self-aware, one. And then two, when I hear you talk about your autopilot with like your nutrition, like you have 15 meals. And I think one of the things that I want to like underscore for people is I don't think you made your, like you didn't create those 15 meals overnight. And so I think one of the most important things for me, when I think about my nutrition and fitness, and I think I was sharing this with you, is like, I get better over time. And so being able to recognize that like the journey can be like additive and that I don't have to come out of the gate at a hundred percent, like my hundred percent is going to look different at different times. And then my toolkit is going to expand over time. And I think the same is so true for like finances. It's true for time management. It's true for nutrition, but it's one of those things where I think if you don't name it for yourself that like, oh yeah, I'm going to like, this is a something that I can make continual progress on. Then at least for myself, I have a tendency to be really hard on myself about not being at the place that I desire to be. So I see it with my clients a lot where they're like, but I haven't paid off all my debt. I'm like, okay, but what have you done? Like, what can you celebrate? And then that's when they start telling me like, oh, I used to like order DoorDash like eight times a week. And then I realized it made me feel bad. And I don't want to like, like I felt nasty, like eating the food kind of bad or like I have paid all of my bills on time or like I've started to put things on auto pay. And so like they are able to recognize other wins that are going to be additive on their way to their larger goal, which is to like pay down the debt. Or they're able Mm -hmm. to recognize like, I'm not adding to my debt anymore, or I've actually saved every single month and I haven't had to use my savings to pay for anything. So I just wanted to like, yeah, talk about the like self-awareness piece of that journey. And then also being able to recognize that like your year one and your year eight of whatever process you're following aren't going to look the same, even if you feel like I'm starting over, which whatever that means. Yeah, it's a continuous journey. I remember when I felt like I got savvy at macros and it's like, oh, I'm so good at macros. And then we started traveling the world full time. And that was a whole new learning curve. But same thing. It was like, okay, well, now I just have to figure this out. And Mm -hmm. then the first time we traveled, I did not go well, but I learned one thing and was like, oh, okay, that's good. And then the next time I learned another thing and like over now it's been, you know, four years, I feel a lot better at it, but it took a long time to get there. And it's always part of the journey that you're 
you're always going to want to improve. And I think that this is definitely something I see with my ladies is that they're always going to want to evolve and they're always going to want to improve. Mm-hmm. And that's not a problem. Like, that's okay. As long as you're, you're recognizing how far you've come. Like I remember one of my ladies saying, oh, like last year I went on the same vacation with all of our family and I felt awful afterwards coming back of like, just like literally I felt like, like kind of like bloated and sick in my body and just not great. And I wasn't on track. And this time I still enjoyed myself, but I maintained through the whole time. And they're like, that is huge for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not the same as, Oh, I built 10 pounds of muscle and lost 20 pounds of body fat. Right. But I feel like the micro shifts that happen in each like, step along the way, like that's what makes you feel good every single day like those are the wins that like add up to the bigger picture well I think it comes back to anyone listening to this podcast I want them to understand of like the tools that we use which are a budget or macros being able to reframe how you're using those tools because I think that so often it's like restriction you want me to diet you don't want me to spend money Mm -hmm. and it's like no we want you to have a life that's like full of the way you want to feel. We want you to have life that's like full of the experiences that you desire to create. Like earlier, when you were talking about how your women are using macros, like I know for budgeting, I think the ahas that people have, they're like, oh, wow, like I can actually do the things that I said I wanted to do in my head, like save money or pay down debt or travel. When I actually put the numbers in, like I'm able to do more and it's not being able to do it from a plate, like losing the stress that they once felt. Because I think oftentimes there's stress around, like if I spend money based off, you know, the balance in my bank account, um, then I'm going to have to be worried about it in a week if I should have spent that money. And so they're able to use your word of like having things on autopilot, like they can put savings on autopilot or just being able to hand their credit card over to pay for a meal for all of their friends and not have to worry about whether or not that one, they can't pay their credit card off from that meal, or if that's going to impact some other goal or some immediate expense that they have in their life. Like they don't have those worries anymore. So I've seen for my people that like budgeting allows them to feel the same thing that you talk about with macros, like more freedom and more options. Like I like to talk about budgeting being in this space where like it's expansive because you get to think about the things you want to be able to do. Oh, you're going to love this. Okay. (laughs) So currently my boyfriend and I, Aaron, are living in Indonesia. And so it is very inexpensive there, which is fantastic for so many ways. But we're thinking about within the next couple of years coming back and potentially settling down in the States. So my boyfriend is like the people were describing, and he's got it down when it comes to nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. Like he is the person that's like every macro is down to the gram, like all of his training is tracked down to the kilo, like everything, right? However, us talking about this and moving back to the States is like a huge stressor for him because he is envisioning this like big life that he wants to live and like all these opportunities and things that he wants to do and have and all of that, right? And then he's like, oh my gosh, the States is so expensive, like compared to where we're living now, right? Yeah. And so every time we mention, it's just like this big, like, (gasps) 
And so actually tonight, we are meeting to map out our dream, like United States living house, everything situation. And then actually going to put numbers to that of how much that would actually cost Mm -hmm. and how much that would mean for a monthly budget. And so like that, I feel like is what you're talking about because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so fun. (laughs) I can't (laughs) wait to like dream up all the things and then like actually quantify it to put numbers to it. And I think that's going to be so helpful for both of us because then we can say like, okay, well, is there a variance? Is there not? How much do we need to start saving now for that? Like just actually make steps to then achieve that. Yeah. And to me feels like so empowering, but I think it's a perfect example of what you're talking about, but then also of like how in one area it can be so like dialed in and you can just kind of apply that to the next area because he has a spreadsheet that has his exact plan of the amount of muscle he's going to build like every single week. Like it's a full model, right? And he's so excited about it because he knows it in X weeks, he's going to have gained X amount of muscle, right? And so same thing. It's like to him, that's so exciting and freeing and like the path. And now we're going to just apply that to, to our financial. Now I'm like, Aaron, what thoughts do you have about your fitness training that you don't have about your money? I know. I told him he needs to hire you. <laughs> right? Because it's like, and most times I think what I see is that everyone's like, I'm not good at math. So I feel like it goes back to like their elementary career. And I'm like, I was a math teacher. You're not allowed to say that. We're going to make you fall in love with numbers. You're going to be okay. But I feel like it's like those little beliefs that are like hidden, right? But yes, Aaron, can you DM me through Jenny and please tell me what are the thoughts you have about your fitness that you don't have about your money? So I have a theory and I think it also applies that I see to a lot of my ladies and I'm curious your thoughts about this. I think it is really important to be able to estimate, whether that's estimating your macros or even estimating your financials, right? I could tell you off the top of my head of like, oh yeah, my business expenses are X per month. You know, I could break it up into like three categories and be like directional. Whereas if I asked Aaron that, he'd be like, I don't know, I need to pull up my sheet and I'd have to get it down to the penny, Mm. right? And so I feel like if you have to be so precise, but it's overwhelming because your brain actually can't memorize all of those numbers, then it feels very overwhelming and stressful where I do feel like there's beneficial to maybe have that, but also to be able to just categorize and be able to estimate. Same with macros. I teach my ladies how to estimate macros is if not, they're thinking like, I have to weigh every single thing I put into my mouth and I have to bring a food scale to the going and go out to dinner when I go over to my mom's house for dinner. And they're like, that feels way too overwhelming and precise. And I'm like, no, like, yes, that could be a tool that we use mm-hmm. at some point, or maybe when you're home, but also let's learn how to estimate food and estimate portions. So when you do go out to eat or when you do go on vacation or where you like, you're just in a rush, you can eyeball it and feel very directional and you can make a lot of progress at 80%. Yeah. No, I, I like your theory about estimation because I think the example that I would give, if this one always comes up, people are like, I don't know how much I spend on groceries. <laughs> and I'm like, it's Okay. Like even in the beginning, I'll just tell someone, 
just tell me like in the last two weeks, how much you spent when you went to Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, whatever. Right. And I'm like, great. We'll just like double it. Like, it'll give us a number to start with. Mm -hmm. And like, let's say you are saying I'm going to spend $500 on groceries. That doesn't have to be set in stone. And so you have like some flexibility around it. You might figure out that you're like, crap, I totally underestimated that number or I have excess left over every month. But then like, as you get to know, it's so important for me to help people understand their habits. So I'm like, your budget is a tool. If you said you're going to spend $500 and you spend 505, you do not have to throw it out the window. Like it is not saying that you are bad, (laughs) that you don't know how to manage your money. Let's just see if that happens again this month, right? Because what it might be telling us is that you need more money for your groceries, or there's like some things that we haven't considered. But if we're if we're actually paying attention to what you are doing and what your habits are, you're going to get the most ideal budget for you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to know like where you can splurge and where you maybe don't want to splurge. Or if you splurge somewhere where you're like, oh, I didn't have as much money over there, but you know, like where you have a wiggle room somewhere else. So yes, I think I like that analogy because I think it takes, it takes all of the, but what ifs, because I think a lot of my people come to me very anxious and they're anxious about like, but I don't know the unexpected expense that I can't expect because it's unexpected. Yes. (laughs) And I'm like, yes. And we could look at the last six months of your life and be like, what are some of the things that we could potentially plan for? And tell me about the next six months of your life. Like, I generally can pick up on what people enjoy doing where I'm like, oh, you have friends coming into town, right? And so like you enjoy entertaining or you enjoy maintaining relationships. And so those are things where I will tell people like you probably need more set aside for food because I know when I have friends coming to town, I'm buying more groceries or we're going out to eat more. And so you want a little bit more fluidity in those spaces. And can I just add to that really quick because you're specifically talking about going out to eat. I feel like this is the perfect overlap. (laughs) This is the exact same thing you would do with your nutrition. Like, oh, I'm going to have friends in town. I'm going to be going out to eat more. Like same thing. I would budget for that financially, but I would also budget for that on the nutrition side. Like, yeah, I would just make more room to be able to do that. And that's okay. Yeah. When you talk about that, like at least my personal journey, when I think about it on the nutritional side, it's about building trust with myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you're like, well, I guess I could be one of your ladies. Um, <laughs> but like, that's how I describe it, right? Where you're like, eh, I'm not sure. But it's like, if you have the experience and you can kind of like evaluate how it went, instead of like beating yourself up, you learn to like have more capacity for it over time. Yeah, it's almost like it's a project. Like one way I describe it to my ladies is like, this is a project that you're going to complete. And so all of it is, we're going to collect a lot of like data and we're going to look at the facts. Mm -hmm. So we're going to let the facts determine like where we're making progress, what we need to adjust in the plan and what we need to do as far as that side. But then we're also going to realize that you're a human being that has thoughts and emotions and those are all valid too. And so we're going to talk about that too, but we're not going to let, your emotions drive everything Mm -hmm. when the facts are telling us something different. So let's get all the data out and let's like use that as our guide. And I think that's what a lot of people are used to like waking up and being a little fluffier and being like, oh my gosh, I'm awful. I need like, I'm so terrible. I need to cut calories where really it's like, 
Okay, what are the facts? Oh, I went out to dinner. I had more salt and inflammatory oils last night, and therefore I'm inflamed today. That doesn't mean I've gained body fat. I'm just inflamed. That'll go down in the two days. Okay, like you can make just clear header, just more clear decisions when you're looking at the facts. And I, it sounds like to me like budget versus actual. I was in corporate finance back in the day, so. Mm-hmm everything's budgets, right? And then the actuals come in for the month. And then you can see the variances, see the differences. Like those are the facts, right? But imagine if a corporation was just ran on like, oh, I don't know. I feel like I've been spending way too much. I'm going to fire everybody on the team. That would just be like not a great way to run a business. And it wouldn't be very like factual. And if you were to like have this project plan where like the project is like maybe it's saving a certain amount like for my ladies it's like building your shape to a certain amount like that's the project plan and we want to have timelines we want to have start dates we want to have numbers that go along with that we want to have like key metrics that we're tracking to see if we're progressing we're not progressing and like we want to make decisions based on that not just if you wake up in a bad mood because that's going to happen mm-hmm. I feel like you were speaking to me for a moment <laughs> good yeah, waking up bloated. It's a real thing. <laughs> it is for me too. For, and I think we can talk about this too, the boomerang effect. Mm-hmm. So I think because like we have a bunch of go-getter human beings that think like, oh, I'm just going to get this plan from you or me and I'm just going to execute on it and it's all going to be perfect and I'm going to hit my savings goal and I'm going to hit my you know body fat goal and that's it. And then it's all works perfectly and then I go on and live a happy ever after. Then they realize that they make some progress and then an old habit comes in and things don't go very well. And then they make some progress and then, oh, a life situation happened where they had to like kind of pivot their priorities for a second. Okay. Then they make more progress. And it's like the boomerang effect where you kind of take a couple steps forward, one step back, a couple steps forward, one step back. And this has for sure happened to me for a handful of reasons, but still looking back over the years, like I've still progressed like tremendously mm-hmm. and the same with my ladies. And I feel like there's this expectation that they're like, I'm an achiever. I'm an executor. I'm going to do this first shot. And there's no like learning curve or grace or like time period to just like, actually implement it into their life. Yeah. I mean, I think like that's a part of the reframing conversation in this too, is like, just to think about what do you do when you fail? Ooh, such a good question. Like, that's how you have to learn to have your own back. Melissa, one of our other like coach friends, one of the questions, and I've like started to ask people that I work with is like, what would you tell your best friend? Right? Like you can give your best friend like the best advice. I know I do. Of course. (laughs) Right. And so, but like, it's advice sometimes that you don't actually take for yourself. And I actually just have two clients right now. One of them is getting ready to wrap up working with me for five months and another one or like in the middle of her five months, but it's almost like she feels like things are too good to be true. So she's like waiting for something to like drop. She's like, Kina, like I'm not using my credit card and I'm saving money and I haven't had to dip into my savings. I know something's going to go wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And so we've been talking about like planning for financial failure because I do think it's a matter of like when, not if something happens. And it could be, oh my goodness, all four tires went out. Or maybe you did spend more than you desired to spend over the weekend, but 
some of the exercises that I've been doing with people is just like, tell me the things that are in your head that you think you're going to fail at. And let's just try to like already build a protocol for like, if this happens, how do you want to get back on track? Which I think like when I think about my nutrition, let's take the, oh my goodness, I plan to eat out, but maybe I had one too many bites of an appetizer. Right. And so it's like the next day, my plan needs to be to get back on track and not be like, let me just go eat another nasty meal. And when I say nasty meal, like a meal that's going to make me feel nasty. And so like, that's how I would say like on the nutrition side that I'd be like, let me plan for my like failure Mm -hmm. and thinking about my old habits versus a new habit that I want to adopt. Something that I used to do. And I think my ladies do a lot too, is kind of like you mentioned before, it's like you had a bad weekend or more sugary things, more drinks, more whatever. And then your body's going to naturally crave that. So then come Monday, I used to be like, okay, you got to be a hundred percent, like be a hundred percent, but my body and I'm tired. Right. So trying to be a hundred percent on top of being tired and my body's craving like Mm -hmm. sugars and and things like that. So I used to do that. And then I would, I would fail and then I'd get mad at myself and then I'd feel guilty. And it was like this vicious cycle. And so what I've started to do and what I've worked on with my ladies, actually one of my ladies was just really sick for like two weeks. And so same thing. She's like, Oh my gosh, I'm missing progress. I got to get back on it a hundred percent. And instead going to the foundation like the foundational pieces first. So I teach something called having a structure, which Mm -hmm. you were in macro month. So you're familiar with it. I have macro quarter. Yes, macro quarter. (laughs) The boomerang effect was in there. So the first is just like, okay, how many times am I eating per day? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to start with that. Oh, I'm going to have three meals and two snacks. Like that's my routine all the time. For everyone, it's going to be different, but like know what that is, right? So I may not go back on Monday and track my macros perfectly down to a T, but I'm like, I can start with my structure, right? Mm -hmm. I can start with that because that's going to kind of help reset me and not have me graze all day and kind of like pulling candy off someone's desk and all of that. So it's like, start with that. And then from there, once I feel like, okay, I've got my structure down, feel good with that. The next couple of days, I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to create my plate at each meal. Meaning that's what I teach my ladies. It's where you get a protein, carb, and vegetable at each meal. And that's like the next step. So it's kind of like taking you instead of from going that all or nothing to Mm -hmm. like that, you're like stepping up the ladder. And I can't emphasize this enough because you are your average. Like literally, if you did the math, you know, if you rated yourself every day over a month from one to a hundred percent, and if you're hundred percent a couple of days and then zero percent and then like 20%, that's not what we want. We want you to like hang out around that 80%, some days a little higher, some days a little lower, because you can make a ton of progress on 80%. And these steps of like having your structure, creating your plate, they get you to like, 50 to 60% already, mm-hmm. right? So I think that has been something that's been like really helpful for me and my ladies. I don't know your thoughts on it. No, I mean, I think it's like having a failure protocol, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't even, you maybe we don't need to call it a failure protocol if that's triggering, right? But it's like knowing what tools you have in your toolkit to be like, these are the tools that I have that can help me get back on track. And so like, that's what I'm constantly bringing people back to, to be like, what tools do you have? What do you know now that maybe you didn't know a month ago? What do you know now that you didn't know six months ago, a year ago? Because I think that that brings them, you said a word earlier, 
the micro shifts, like it gets them back into that place where they can recognize that they haven't like lost all their progress, even though in that moment they're like, it's all over. Yeah. To be able to really answer the question, like, is that true? Yes. And quantifying that, like (laughs) actually quantifying it. And this is where I go back to like, what is the facts and what is the science? Because you just feel really bad, right? Mm -hmm. You feel like you've lost everything and it sucks and then all of that. But it's like, let's go back to the facts. Oh, actually, you were off this week. And depending on what phase, like if they're in the calorie deficit phase and they're off for a week, then that's going to be a non-progress week. And it's like, yeah, you're going to have a couple non-progress weeks. So just count that into the plan. So Mm -hmm. then what does that actually mean? Well, that means you're not going to make progress this week. And depending if you're over X amount of, calories, then you could potentially not make progress the next week too, or it could just be this week. But what does that actually mean? It means you're just pushing your goal out one week. And they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm just moving. Instead of like hitting this body fat percentage on July 25th, I'm just hitting it on the 31st instead. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. "Yeah." And they're like, oh, okay. That's not so bad. I'm like, yeah, you're not going to care. You're not going to care a week later because you're still going to be making progress along the way. And so like quantifying that, I think really helps my ladies too, because I think it comes back. I think most of us just want to feel in control, Mm -hmm. but we don't want something controlling us, right? We don't want the budget controlling us. We don't want like the macros controlling us or like, God forbid the app, the tracking app or QuickBooks controlling (laughs) us. Like we want to feel in control. And I think like we've gotten to the other side of that where we see that, where people may not know that that's possible. Mm -hmm. And I mean, one of the things I've been talking about in some of my like marketing and talking to people is I'm like, you're living a more restricted life, not having a budget. Totally agree. And I think the same is true, especially like if you're someone, I think I could say that about macros too. Because of the fact that you have this, what I call like a, like, you know, when there's a hum in your house, like I call it a financial hum is like this space or being in a place where you're like, there's a noise that you just, it absorbs into just like your living space. But if somebody else were to come over, they're like, what is that noise? And I feel like that's how people live in an existence. Like if your finances is something that's always annoyed you, you just settle with a status quo. And so like, you're like, I'm not restricted. I can spend on whatever. And I'm like, no, but you talk about it all the time and you're up at night. Right. And so like, you have this like financial hum. And I think the same is true. Like thinking about somebody who maybe doesn't feel good in their clothes or you are going to the gym five days a week. And you're like, I still don't look like I work out. (laughs) Right. So it's like, you are living just like this fake life really, because you're resisting actually having some type of system that allow you to create the result that you desire because you're fearful that you won't be in control, right? That you're going to be restricted when actually you're going to have more freedom and more options. Yeah, it's definitely a tool. And I feel like I'm trying to think of what is the main, because I think it's been a minute probably for both of us when Mm -hmm. we had the aha. And I'm trying to think of what is their maybe exact thought or belief around these like budgets or macros that stops them from seeing that, oh, it's just a tool to help me get there. I I think my, I think the thought that I hear the most, and I don't think that people say it, 
but it's said in different ways. It's like, will it work for me? Yeah. And what do you say to when someone says something similar to that? Uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Duh. Why do you think I'm doing it for everybody? (laughs) I mean, like, honestly, with like, if I'm on a console with someone, like I'm getting down to like what their fear is. Right. And so generally speaking for my people, I feel like it's being able to acknowledge that you need help and it can be in a a lot of different kind of like flavors, like the acknowledgement that I need help, but I'm also like a very successful person. I think that stands in the way a lot. I had one of my clients who, interestingly enough, she's a Latina woman and she was like, I'm the oldest in my family. So like culturally speaking, I'm supposed to be able to figure things out on my own. And so being able to admit that I need help and then ask for help, like I had to get over that. And so I feel like those are a lot of the ways that I see it showing up for my people. One thing I see, which this will be an interesting conversation is, yes, I definitely see the like, will it work for me? But I kind of think my people are like, will I work for it? Mm. Like, will I stick to it? Will I do it? And I think, again, I think that's just like a misunderstanding of how food actually works and how much like freedom that you can have. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is I feel like health and fitness is not something that is typically budgeted for. And maybe like a $30, $50 monthly gym membership. But what changed that for me is when I was a financial analyst in San Diego, so a very expensive place, making, I guess, decent money you know, for me, but still not at the top of the totem pole by any means. And I started doing CrossFit. That was $200, $225 per month. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a huge investment, right, to me. But at the same time, I bought a car that I got a five grand upgrade because it had a leather seats in a thing where I can unlock my car without the key. Mm-hmm. Keyless entry. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Which I will say I do love, but again, it wasn't like, I didn't bat an eye at that, but I was like, oh my gosh, 225 bucks a Mm -hmm. month for CrossFit, which I went to every single day and it completely changed my life. And I absolutely loved it. And that was like the first time that I like created a budget for fitness and for health. And then same thing, like my first bikini show that I did, it was going to be three grand. And when you tell other people that they're like, what? You're going to pay that much. And those were, that was just for coaches, mm-hmm. right? Just for the coaches for it. And it was like this, like you're insane type of feedback for one, doing something like that, but two, for like paying that much money for it. But it completely changed my understanding of how food works, how nutrition worked, how I had so much control and I can just like turn the knobs to create what I wanted. Like that was what it cost me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I would pay that. 10 times over because of the value that I got out of it. But I just think it's not like common. Um, I think it's becoming more common, but I don't think it's that common to budget for health, fitness, getting labs done, all that. What do you see? I feel like it's not an acceptable way to to use money. Like when you're talking about the car, people are like, oh yeah, of course you would pay for keyless entry. You wouldn't dare unlock your car with just a regular key, right? No, never. (laughs) Versus other things that you like CrossFit, right? Like I can see some people gawking at spending $200 as I live in DC. I'm like, oh, sounds normal to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. But like, 
that's not an acceptable expense. So yes, I think that's definitely true. I think the thing that resonated with me most when you were just talking was you talking about like, will I work for it? Is I think that that's another shift. One that I'm actually recognizing in my nutrition journey right now is this like, am I choosing a lifestyle or am I choosing like a temporary goal? Mm. And so I wrote like temporary versus lifestyle because I even thinking about this, like, will I work for it? It makes me think of like a get rich quick kind of thing, (laughs) but being able to recognize, especially like with nutrition and fitness, it's like, well, is this something that you want for the rest of your life? Like, how do you want to feel when you're 80? And how do you want to feel when you're 70? And so what if you were the person that just did invest in this part of your life, whether with your time, your financial resources, because that's something that you value. So it becomes a part of your lifestyle. And I think the same is true even on the budgeting aspect. It's like you used to budget when you made 30K because you wanted to make sure you had enough to pay your bills. But what if you just shifted to someone who like, I manage my money well because I want to be able to like have choices. Mm, So good. I think one's like a lifestyle shift versus like, doing something, whether it's nutrition or financially related, because you want a temporary solution, which I think a lot of people are choosing the temporary solutions when they're like, oh yeah, I'm like the next five paychecks, I'm going to put $500 away to go on this trip, right? Versus like just make planning for travel a part of your lifestyle. Yeah. So it's just something you do. Yeah. It's kind of like when people are like, oh, I want to get like ready for my wedding in a couple Mm -hmm. of months or just want to look good for the summer. And I honestly typically don't get those people because they know that like, yeah, I'm not about that. Like I'm about you actually being able to run around with your kids or grandkids when you're 80 years old. Mm -hmm. Right. And like having like the health for the long term in like the lifestyle for the long term. And then also, yeah, the badass shape that goes along with it for now and long term, but it's who you are and how you operate, not a, fix solution or short-term goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are definitely some of the shifts I think in between people that are ready versus not ready, like being able to recognize like, no, I'm, I'm willing and ready to make this decision for me and my lifestyle. Yeah. And I think part of that is being bold, right? Cause so we've talked a lot about values, Mm -hmm. like values are pretty much your belief systems and current thoughts, right? And then that's going to bleed into the actions you take and then therefore the the results you have, right? And so I think a lot of my people are like, ooh, I want different results, but they don't mm-hmm. realize that it has to back up to their values and, and thoughts. And so then shifting those values and thoughts, you have to be bold because for example, like you, know, you said, like you went out this weekend, probably had too much drinks, but that would mean showing up, either not going right? Because you actually didn't want to do that or going and enjoying yourself in a different way without as many drinks, right? Or maybe you just had half as many drinks, Mm -hmm. right? But in that moment, that would be someone saying, oh, I got you a drink and handing it to you. I'm just making this up, right? For what I say with my people, (laughs) handing it to you. And you have to say like, oh, I actually don't want it. Or, oh, in that moment being bold then, Mm -hmm. that's like the work, like that's the hard stuff. Yeah. But, right, it's like, what's the ultimate result that you want that really goes beyond the, like, losing the 20 pounds, the 40 pounds, whatever. Like, I feel like it goes back to the lifestyle piece. Yeah, and I do think in that moment, you can get to a place where you feel really good. But 
during the ship or the transition, it feels like Mm -hmm. awkward and uncomfortable. I remember when I first started getting into like the fitness world and I would come back and hang out with my family, which we live like in the middle of the nowhere, like Virginia. And my dad would like pull up photos of like huge bodybuilders that like have like muscle coming out their ears. And he'd be like, oh, I found a picture of you like making fun of me. Right. But like, yeah, he thought it was being like funny. But for me, it's like, oh, it's uncomfortable. Or, oh, you on muscle, like hating on people who have muscle. Like I remember too, one time I got protein powder and this was before I like knew what I was doing. And my roommate made fun of me for having protein powder. And I felt so uncomfortable. And I remember being like, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, maybe I shouldn't do this. I should just like try to be skinny like everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I had to go through that transition, that like awkward moment of figuring it out, kind of shifting who I was. And ultimately that led to me being full on, like people know, oh yeah, we can hang out, but I'm also going to go to the gym. Do you want to go to the gym with me? And they're like, no, you do you. Now it's just expected, right? It's just expected. People appreciate it. People admire it and ask me questions, right? And it's just who I am and how I operate now. And it's great even with my family and friends who aren't into it. Mm -hmm. But that transition period, I had to be really bold. And I see that a lot for my ladies. I feel like the piece I feel like where people might be scared is I think they have to think, that they need to go tell somebody they're on a budget <laughs> or like that they're mm. going to be viewed as like not having money. And I feel like on the coaching side, I'm like, listen, you got to stay out of people's pockets, right? Like you don't know what that person can or can't do or what life they're choosing to live that maybe they can or can't afford. And so I feel like on the coaching aspect, being able to focus on your, I'm using your word again, your micro shifts, right? But like, what are you able to do in your journey? And what I've seen with my clients is that people around them are noticing that they're like shifting, like, oh, you have like money for this now, or you were just able to travel or like, you're not as stressed. Right. So like being able to wait for, and not even wait for people to notice that, but knowing that the discomfort that they may feel to be like, okay, I might have to tighten the reins this week a little bit, but it's going to help get me out of the paycheck to paycheck cycle for my next paycheck being able to know that like that initial shift is going to have like a long-term benefit. Mm-hmm. And like, for me, I mean, actually, gosh, when I was in my twenties, I told one of my girlfriends, I couldn't be in her wedding. I was like, no, like I was teaching at the time. And it was like, I didn't want to go into like debt to be able to be into her wedding, which was very like uncomfortable. Right. But sometimes it's doing things like that which I think some of my friends like couldn't imagine do or not my friends, little friends too, or clients, right. Or like, do I ask for a price for something up front because I don't want people to think I can't afford it. I'm like, no, but it's your money. Right. So like be okay with that uncomfortable situation. Cause I know I have friends, another girlfriend who asked me to be in her wedding and she asked me to be in her wedding late. And she knows that I like focus on money all the time. And she's like, I know you're going to ask me how much it is. I'm like, yeah, I am. Right. Like, what do you need from me? Because you're also asking me in this short period of time and she recognized that, but like, that's also just who I am and how I operate. So everybody expects it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. It's definitely part of the journey. Was there anything that we didn't say that we need to say, Jenny? So the only other thing that I had down was around 
like consistency in routine. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know if you see this where it's like, okay, I'm going to be all in and really good. And then I'm off and then all in really good. And then I'm off where for me, the solution is like you create a routine, not at a hundred percent, you create it at like that 80 percent. Mm-hmm. So that way, like you have flexibility in your day to have different foods to have a not you don't hit your backwards down to the gram like just setting up for like real life success because consistency is more important than being really good for a couple amount of days and I that was something I was like I could really see this overlapping with financials definitely I mean for my people I'm like put a money date on your calendar once a week right because it gives you that space to like check in with yourself but also if you're doing that with some type of consistency a week that you skip, right? Or that maybe you don't show up on that time that you like have it on your calendar. You still have like going back to your your point about estimating, you still have some type of pulse on your numbers because of the routine that you've had. So you know what I call a new financial zero. Like you know if you were like gonna go in the red and it's not because it actually is in the red, but like, you know, like, oh, I have these bills that are coming out or like I'm gonna be spending money in this way. And so that having that consistent time on your calendar does allow you to be able to look at numbers and just know yourself better. Ooh, I like that. I like they call it a money date too. Yeah. I think I need to add those in. I would say like monthly, I have my money date and mm-hmm. then it's kind of like little checks weekly, but I like, I think the official put it on the calendar once a week. That sounds really good right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Noted, taking that away. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. I'm going to make sure, you know, I get back to my my eating structure. You know, I've missed my one o'clock meal time for my, my macro month. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much. And I hope the people that are listening to this podcast that you've definitely just taken away some new thoughts, whether you're trying to rethink finances or rethink your nutrition. I think there's a lot that you can learn from Jenny and I. I agree. (laughs) And Jenny, where can people find you if they want to follow you and learn more about you? Yeah, they can follow me on Instagram at Jenny, the nutritionist. And then if they want to learn more about working together, they can go to Jenny, the nutritionist.com slash create dash your dash shape. Great. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Money Files. If you're ready to take the next step to reach your financial goals, head to www.wealthofrenow.com backslash appointment and let's get started.